This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. It's time. It's time. Time to get in the zone. Time to get in the zone. With the 49ers web zone. This is the No Huddle Podcast with Al, Zane, and Brian. All right, to transition um, by way of time, I mentioned I want to talk about Mike Lynchy because yeah. Lynchy's a guy who, I mentioned last show, I want to talk about Lynchy's a guy who's taken a lot of heat. A lot of people love to pick on Mike. A lot of people love to put um, highlights of him getting beat on Twitter and say how bad he is and everything else. Well, McGlinchey's played pretty damn well lately. McGlinchey has not given up a sack uh, since week eight. He kept Max Crosby off the stat sheet in this last game, um, which uh, they didn't even give up a sack in this, the offensive line, which was the fifth game of the season where they hadn't done that. McGlinchey has played really, really well. Um Really, really well, I think, in, lately. And I think he's sort of starting to change the narrative on that. So got to give him his props, man, because he's taking a lot of heat. And I think that he's, he's changed things to the point where I don't know if they can afford him, but I think maybe earlier you're saying the Niners are not going to sign him back. Well, 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 now they are. Now they definitely are. I think, I'm sorry, now now I think, it's, I don't know if they definitely are. I think it's I think it's definitely. They would definitely well. want to. They definitely would, would, would like to have him back, I think. So um, I don't know that they're going to sign him back. I, I think maybe Miami might be interested in him. I don't know if they could afford him if he hits the open market, but I think he's someone they'd like to have back now. And just watching, you mentioned the running game earlier. The last five, four games in Purdy starts, they've run for 36 for 209, 5.8 yards per carry, 34 for 175 yards per carry, 26 for 153, 5.8, 27 for 176.2. Purdy's only been sacked four times in the four games, uh, zero times in the game against Tampa. It would be one time in the next game, which was against Seattle, three times against Washington. He wasn't sacked at all for the Raiders. So they've been, I mean, pretty gets out of things too, but um, yeah. they've been protecting him. They've been running the ball. The offensive line overall has done a really good job. And I think McGlinchey, like I said, has changed the narrative to the point where it was before he's not going to be back to the team to now there's a chance that I think they would want him back if they can make it work. I agree. I, uh, our, our buddy Zane has, uh, charged his phone in the car. And so, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to bring him in, uh, as I, as I talk about, uh, Mike McGlinchey here, uh, he will not be on video, but, uh, we'll, we'll at least get him, uh, his, uh, dulcet tones on the, uh, audio portion of the podcast. But, um, I know I, I agree. I think largely, like you said, the narrative around Mike McGlinchey has a lot to do with, with social media more than more than anything else because Mike McGlinchey when he gets beat it is often uh at the most inopportune times and so those get highlighted and you know I what I appreciated was Shanahan went out of his way 
uh, after that Raiders game to to praise McGlinchey for the job that he did on Max, Max Crosby, who is one of the better uh, pass rushers in the NFL. And 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 McGlinchey shut him out. Right. No, no sacks in this game. Uh, not much of an impact in the game, really, overall at in, in general. But the the line has played better than I anticipated, mainly because didn't know what we get out of Brendel. And again, didn't know what we were going to get in the, out of those guard spots. And here's the beauty of, you know, you talked about Mike McGlinchey and whether they can afford him. Here's the other thing that I don't know. I, I don't think we talk about this enough. The other advantage of Brock Purdy playing at this level is regardless of who is QB one next year, what Brock Purdy has proven is that you can go into next season with Trey Lance and with Brock Purdy as your quarterback room, which at that point you are paying QB one and QB two, roughly $10 million. That's the biggest advantage any team has in the NFL in roster building is what they are currently going to be paying QB one and QB two. So the emergence of Brock Purdy also makes roster management probably a bit of an easier job for, for John Lynch and company next off season. And it might actually make it to where Mike McGlinchey is affordable for the 49ers because of the level of cap space that they're going to have when you're only paying combined 10 ish million dollars for QB one and QB two. So that's the other thing that I think, uh, you know, goes a little bit unspoken as of right now, because we're focused more on the football and, and playoffs and things like that. So that's also part of why this Brock Purdy emergence is, is huge for this team. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. Mike McGlinchey is better than people uh, give him credit for. And I think, unfortunately, just like Trey Lance, Mike McGlinchey's reputation is largely based on the fact that he was taken ninth overall. And that's not his fault. You can't, mm -hmm. it is what it is. The team decided to draft him. And has he played like a ninth overall pick? Probably not. But has he played like a first round pick? A hundred percent. So yeah, I, whether they got him, yeah, look at the whether they got him at nine or 29, I don't think it matters that much. Yeah, right. The offensive line play around the league has been so bad and it's so yeah. poor. Like you're going to, it's again, I don't know that they're going to resign him. I think they, want to maybe bring him back now because you right tackles just don't grow on trees right. solid right tackles so right we'll see we'll see what happens i feel like mcglinchy is not as bad as people say but he's also not he's obviously not like a top 10 tackle in this league right like i'm 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 with that and i think that when it comes down to replacing him if you if you let him walk you have to have a replacement um to your point, Brian, about Brock Purdy's emergence, like if when you have a guy like Brock Purdy who's able to elude the rush as easily as he has, like I mean, every game there's there's three or four plays where it may be an incomplete pass or just a throwaway, and he's he's eluded the rush and been able to get out of a sack. Like last game, he he got out of a safety in the last game where there was a free rusher coming at him. So it just really comes down to whether you can actually like replace Mike McGlinchey with an, an equivalent talent level player, and if they can't do that then then you have to keep him like because you have to have some sort of you have to have some sort of continuity the, on the offensive line for no matter what quarterback it is whether it's Trey whether it's Brock whoever it is they're both young quarterbacks they both need that protection up front and the last thing you want is is a David Carr situation where you have a young quarterback who hasn't played a lot and you just wreck him because he's just always getting hit and getting hurt and getting sacked 
Um, I know we want to look into this Arizona game just real quick, but uh, we have a question and I'd like to get as many questions. I'd like to answer all the questions if we can, but um, they asked, what do you guys think will happen with Trey Lance next year? I don't know right now. Let's see what happens in the playoffs. Um, let's see how far Purdy takes them. I think it, the, the worst case scenario, maybe actually the best case scenario for Lance is they may kind of sort of say he's QB one with Purdy with the opportunity to take him over. But look, we don't even know if Lance is going to be ready for OTAs right with the, with the second surgery he had to have. So th that's a bigger deal than people want to make it out to be. But I think here's what I think. Again, we have to see what happens. Purdy has shown enough to me where he's can be QB one. And if he takes them to an NFC championship game or to the Super Bowl, or if he wins, if he wins the Super Bowl, I think it's an open, I think it's a shut case. I think he's QB1. But yeah. I think Purdy will put himself in the position to be QB1 with Lance in a competition type situation where if Lance comes in and he looks great, maybe he can overtake Purdy. But if Purdy continues to, even if the Niners lose, if Purdy continues to play the way he's played, I do not know how you could take him out of the starter quarterback position unless Lance comes in and looks like Patrick Mahomes and you're like, holy shit, he, he grew a ton. I don't see how you can move Purdy out of anything, the way this team has responded, the way they've played, the way the offense has looked. You know, assuming he doesn't have a four interception shit show in the playoffs, assuming it stays status quo, it'd be very hard for me to say that he wouldn't go into the camp at least in a QB competition at worst. I mean, if you're Kyle Shanahan, are you really going to bench, brought, not bench, but like, are you really going to not start Brock Purdy? over uh, and, and pick Trey Lance, who's a totally unknown right now. Like, are you really going to do that? You know exactly what Purdy can do by that point. Because by that point, he'll have played almost almost half a season worth of games, hopefully, by, if they make this a longer playoff run. But are you willing to sit down on the bench for a completely unknown quarterback who's only started three games, basically played three games in three years, including college, and will have to get acclimated to the offense and and – have to have to go through that learning curve like are you really going to do that for kyle I, I don't know like i'm with you al i think that purdy probably starts as qb1 they'll give trey a shot to win the job but it's just really unfortunate because i i, I love trey i'm a trey guy but it's just a timing thing and purdy's emergence has just been so uh it's this was such an unlikely scenario nobody saw this coming but it's it's a good problem to have Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, it's it's a great problem to have, and and honestly, you know, obviously, we cannot answer this question right now because it, it really is going to depend upon how the team does uh, in the playoffs with Brock Purdy at quarterback. Uh, we said it last show. Uh, you and I agreed, Al, that uh, we have not seen a player play the quarterback position under Kyle Shanahan as a 49er better than Brock Purdy has in this five game stretch, and so. If that continues and, you know, if, if they, if they lose in the playoffs because, you know, Brock Purdy turned the ball over multiple times and, you know, just looked lost out there, then, then I think the, I think the narrative changes. I don't see that happening though. One of the strengths that, that Purdy has shown is his ability to, uh, to make the right read. 
and to not throw the ball in into dangerous uh, areas, right? He's not throwing to double covered receivers. He's not throwing, you know, he's not he's not throwing over the middle and 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 missing, you know, the 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 robber or the linebacker or whatever, right? Like the interceptions that he's thrown are on balls that I genuinely appreciate that he that he attempted, right? Deep balls. Right. The 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 interception in against Miami was essentially an arm punt on fourth down. And then the interception to uh, Amik Robertson last weekend, just a great play by the DB. And, and, and he did not see him drop back, thought that that Kittle was going to be open under through him through an interception. I think he's going to learn from that. And and I, I wouldn't I, I wouldn't expect to see something like that again. So. Like I said, unless unless Brock Purdy absolutely implodes in 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 the playoffs, then then I think you go into next season and and like you said, uh, Zane, I know what I have in Brock Purdy, and what I have has not shown has not limited my offense like Jimmy Garoppolo limited my offense. Right? We haven't seen this offense. We haven't we haven't seen Brock Purdy under center and at the end of a game go, man, he left a lot of meat on the bone, right? Like there was a right. lot that he left out there this past game. There was, he, he left stuff out there. He seemed a little, a little more timid in this game, which was interesting. Um, there were some, some open receivers that, that he elected not to throw to or missed uh, over the course of the game. So, so there is that. And I want to monitor that moving forward. But like I said, you know, unless he implodes, I, I just don't see how, how it's anything other than f- the best case scenario for Trey Lance is that he's given an opportunity to win it. Um, I just don't, I don't see that happening um, because like I said, this <laughs> Brock Purdy's operating this offense exactly as Kyle Shanahan wants it. And that's, he, he's going to be hard pressed to go off somebody uh, just because they spent three first round picks to draft the kid. You know, there's, there is such a thing as the sunk cost fallacy and I would imagine at quarterback, that's you got to you got to hit that quickly, right? You can't just throw throw Trey Lance out there because we spent a lot of capital to get him. Nobody cares. Brock Purdy is is playing the position better, and that's all that matters. And I all love right, so Trey. We, yeah, and I think he'll be back next year, regardless. But you know, let's see what happens. Let's see. Let's talk about it more in like a month, right? We have all off season to talk about for this. sure. For sure. Um, all right, moving to this Arizona game, man. Has anybody had more of a nightmare season than the Cardinals? Holy shit. Just from Kyler Murray's hair to the ACL. <laughs> they don't, you, the, the team is absolutely in flux. They were going in. They had Marquise Brown and DeAndre Hopkins was suspended, but they knew where they were getting him back in James Conner. And they had Zach Ertz and they drafted Trey McBride and they had Rondale Moore. And it looked like they were going to have this good offense. And it's just been a disaster. Absolute disaster. Klingsbury, I know they gave him an extension, but there's been whispers maybe he's going to walk away. J.J. Watt's retiring at the end of the season. Yes, It's just been an absolute disaster for this team. I love to see it, personally. I hate the Cardinals. Yep. <laughs> I hate the Cardinals because they're just the Cardinals, but I do. I don't like them. Um, and I think this game is going to be a cakewalk for the Niners, whether they want to sit some people, whether whatever they want to do. Uh, is it going to be David Blau again starting? Do we know that? It is. It, it is. is. It has been announced, yep. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, he didn't play last week. Is out. I don't think. And DeAndre Hopkins already ruled out. So he's he's out. I I don't think there's this game is going to be 
close. So I think the Niners will have it wrapped up in the third quarter. I think you're going to see some Josh Johnson at the end. Um, I'm going to say 31 to 13 Niners. Yeah, I think that when it comes down to what what this game means, I, I feel like they're going to know, right? At least at least for the uh, the Minnesota game, they're going to know, right? That's 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 an early game in terms of what Minnesota does and what the number two if they still are, are the number two seed. So I think that they'll have some idea of if they can sit people. But uh, the the Dallas and Eagles game um, is that is that uh, flexed out or what's going on? It's or, the sorry, same. It's the, a, it's, a, it's it's an afternoon game. Okay. All right. So they'll be playing at the same time, right? So I think that yeah. by that time, they'll know what's going on there with two seats. So I think that if it's a blowout and Philadelphia's winning by a lot, I can see Kyle just sitting guys and be like, all right, the number two seat's wrapped up. We're going to sit some guys, and basically we have nothing to play for at this point. We're going to take the number two seat. But that being said, even the backups will beat this Arizona team. They're that, they're that bad, and they're that injured. So – you know, I can see them getting out to a lead at the beginning and Kyle's just being, like, hey, we're still play half and sit the rest. Josh Johnson's going to play the rest of the rest of the game after the first half. Um, I'm with Al. Uh, this is going to be a cakewalk. It's going to be, it may not, they may not get to 30 points, but I'm going to say 27 to 17. Yeah, I mean, it's, there's, the the Cardinals are uh, an unserious team right now. Um, they probably are going to fire their head coach. Uh, they should fire their GM. Um, we'll see. Uh, but they're absolutely going to have exact opposite records. The 49ers are going to end this season 13 and four. The Cardinals are going to end the season four and 13. The 49ers are going to head into wild card weekend as the two seed because all they need to do is win. And I don't, the, the Giants are likely have nothing to play for. I don't think they're going to play their starters or at least not play them fully. So I imagine the Eagles will win. So uh, two seed and the 49ers are going to roll into the playoffs uh, with another 30 point performance. I'm going to go 34 to, I'm going to say, I'm going to say 34 to 16 is the final score. And the 49ers will be 13 and four after starting the season three and four. Yeah. Unbelievable. Incredible. Also, Incredible. I, sorry. I meant I meant uh, Eagles and Giants, not Eagles and Dallas. Thanks for, thanks for pointing that out. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yep. And before we get out of here, I do want to say if the Niners do win their 13th game, Kyle Shanahan would have now done that twice. Did it in 2019 too. When the only other 49ers had coaches to do that more than once are Bill Walsh and George Seifert. So that's pretty good company. He would join if he does get to decent. Games. Like yeah. Decent company. Decent. Decent. <laughs> so, all right, Love guys, it. we got to get out of here. Um, for Brian and Zane, this is Al. Peace. Later.